She yo. <laughs> I can already hear people turning it off. Oh my god. <laughs> like, and welcome everyone to our very first episode ever of Shkeely Queens. Uh, my name is Shiashi, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. Asha, a.k.a. Osh. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with this, we host our main podcast, which is called We Are Resilient. It's an MMIW podcast that we do with another um, Indigenous woman, Maggie. We are here and we're excited for this new podcast adventure for a lot of reasons. And I think the main one, well, I guess for me, is that one of the biggest problems we face as Indigenous people is representation. And so... You know, when we're telling the stories of MMIW, we thought it was important to bring awareness to the prevalence of MMIW and to share the stories from that perspective. But I think we learned in doing that podcast that we are able to joke around as much as we would like to, you know, just because of the content level. And we always got to be respectful of the of the women we cover and the families. And so we found that there's like it's weird balance like when you listen to true crime people don't want to hear people ramble on and talk about different things yeah you know get the story get to the story get it over with but i think it's important for us to talk because the reason why we have mmiw is because people don't humanize indigenous women or normalized us so when we talk and we banter we're trying to get you to understand that we are people and that we're still here does that make sense yeah we've been doing this for so long i feel like a noob Two, well, it's almost, it's almost been two years yeah. with the main podcast, but starting something new is always a little bit scary. Yeah. It's always new. It's always like, what's the vibe? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sweating. I'm so nervous. We wanted to have another platform where we could share a little bit more about ourselves, a little bit more about indigenous culture, stuff in the news, and just have a little bit more of a relaxed vibe to it. Um, of course, we're going to continue MMIW because that is an ongoing problem and it doesn't look like it's going to be something that's going to be ending very soon. If you haven't listened to We Are Resilient, I would encourage you to listen, not just because it's our podcast, but because these stories are important and they're stories that don't get told. Yep. <laughs> You're just nodding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see you. <laughs> yeah. So go give our podcast a listen to. We give it the, like Shashi said we give it the respect it deserves but then we also want to do this podcast that is a little more like she said lighthearted but it's more relaxed uh we're able to just express ourselves as indigenous people and i think you know as indigenous people we like to laugh and we like to joke and we like to just talk about things in a serious note but bring laughter to it as well if there's an aspect to it because humor is a huge part of native american culture exactly and thus skeely queens was born <laughs> It's here because I read one of our reviews. I've been like, I go through our reviews and sometimes I really try not to, mm-hmm. but there's some people that have been like, stop talking, you know, and just get to the story. Oh, like you really? said earlier. Yeah. And it's like, no, <laughs> we, we, we got to talk because there's, there's, there's a point behind it. Oh yeah. You know, we don't want to, you know, it's not all the time. We're just trying to make up stuff and have content here. We're just, we're really trying to get people to see us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the last one I saw really irked me. And I was like, we have a point. We're not. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Understand me. Anyway, um, just with all the extra talking, we realized that We Are Resilient isn't necessarily the best avenue to do that. So we wanted to have another way to do this. And so um, for the most part, it's going to be me and Osh here. um, And Maggie, Maggie's still part of this one. 
she'll just be coming on when she has availability to come on and join us. So do get Maggie on here with this every now and then. So now that we got that out of the way, Ash, do you want to maybe explain what a skeely is? So if you're not familiar with the Cherokee language, which is uh, we are a part of the Cherokee or the Eastern Bend of Cherokee Indians in Cherokee, North Carolina. And we do have our own language. And skeely is more like, um, I guess growing up, we always heard of skeely as like someone that's a booger, like, or a monster. Like a witch or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like the Cherokee language is so descriptive that it's hard to say in English what Cherokee words actually mean, but it basically is like a mean spirit. Um, to skilly, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, ooh. <laughs> like when you heard of a skilly, you're like, oh my gosh, that's scary. It's, mm-hmm. it's a monster. It's a witch. It's a, just a bad, like I said, a bad spirit, I guess. And mm-hmm. we call it, around here, we call it, call them boogers. Cause <laughs> I know that sounds funny if you're not familiar with it, but like people booger on pe- other people and it's like just bad medicine. Mm-hmm. So if someone does medicine and they may not like somebody else, they might booger on them or conjure on them is, is I guess what you, another word you would use. But skilly is a tricky word for someone bad, someone mean, someone scary. Which you'd think like, why are we calling our podcast this? But you know, if you're getting with the idea of what Asha's saying, we're going to cover a lot of like stories and legends. So, and we're getting right into spooky season. So it's perfect time to launch this podcast. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I love Halloween. It's like, I, I used to get scared, but now I don't. I like, I like scary movies, I like kind of houses. I like the whole Halloween feel, I guess. Do you watch scary movies by yourself? Yeah. At night? Yeah. Oh, I like two nights ago, I watched Halloween and I fell asleep to it. And then <laughs> just lulled you to sleep. Yeah. And then, uh, last night we watched The Shining. I've never seen it. You've never seen The Shining? I've never seen The I mean, Shining. I've seen it like a dozen times probably, but I actually have the book and I'm actually reading it too. Oh. So I'm going to read the book. You are extra. Yeah. I, the only <laughs> movie that's ever scared me was probably, it's not even a movie, it's a show on Netflix, um, Haunting on Hill House? Or Haunting on yes. Hill House. Yeah. I think I tried to watch like one episode of that and I couldn't. That really was scary. Was it? Yeah, but I watched it two or three times, so the second time it wasn't as scary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rarely watch scary movies. It's got to be like a scary one. It can't be like the like the horror kind with like the hacking and sawing and stuff. Oh, yeah. The gore. Yeah. I can't get into that. I can't vibe with that. But if it's stuff that's paranormal and I feel like there's a po- probability it could happen, mm-hmm. it scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> like um, the first paranormal activity movie. Do you remember that one? Yeah. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah. It was just the sounds of like the footsteps on the stairs. You know, I have cats. Oh, yeah. So I couldn't sleep for like at least a week after I watched that. Mm. I've tried to watch scary, but it's got to be during the day and it's got to be while, like, while I'm doing something to keep myself busy. Oh, yeah. Because if I try to sit and watch it alone, especially at night, it does not pan out well. <laughs> so I'm very impressed that you... What's your favorite scary movie? Um, Probably Insidious. All those movies. Mm-hmm. The, those, those are legit kind of scary. All the other ones are kind of corny, I think. I don't know. Is Insidious like The Conjuring? Yeah. Yeah, I watched The Conjuring. Those those are scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything that deals with like, I guess, like demons, people being like exercised, stuff like that really, really freaks me out. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so when I watch that, I'm just like crazy. I watched the, egg, the one that just came out not long ago, The Exorcism. I didn't even know the, remember the name of it, but it just came out. And I actually listened to another podcast where the women covered the priest that it's actually about. Mm-hmm. And that he performed like all these exorcisms throughout all his time working for the Vatican as a priest. And I mean, I watched it and it was a little scary, but not really. I mean, 
I am impressed that <laughs> your ability to not get scared. Because I get scared easy. Like, I very rarely do haunted houses. I've done a corn maze, a haunted corn maze once. I got so scared, I ran back towards the entrance and fell into the corn. Yeah. <laughs> the guy turned off his chainsaw and asked me if I was okay. You know there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. You just got to remember they're not real. When they break character. <laughs> yeah. Check on you. I guess just growing up in Cherokee, too, like, you know that there's stuff because your grandparents will tell you about it. Mm-hmm. And, like... When I grew up at my grandma's house living at Wolftown, I was scared to be outside at nighttime because I just felt something. I felt vibes like something's, something's out there. Yeah. And I'd be scared to go outside by, at night by myself. Or if I came home late, I would get out of my truck and sprint to the house, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like, there's just somebody out here. There's something out here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I really, truly felt that. But, you can feel that. Like, you feel yeah. some, like something watching you. But now that I live in Birdtown, I don't ever feel anything. And I could walk around at midnight. In the pitch black, no porch light on, and I'm not even phased because I don't feel, I don't feel mm. anything. Does that make sense? That makes perfect. I guess it just depends on where you're at, you mm. know, but that's being in the mountains. But I, I think it, it varies where you're at, depending on what's happened, what's the history there. It's scary. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the word myth, because I've heard various people in our community talk about not liking the word myth, because a myth implies that it's not real, but because we have such a, a long-standing oral history, anything that we share is real and part of who we are. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, like you said, we have oral history because all we used to have, you know, dating back to the 1800s, 1700s. That's how we told our stories and our legends. And that's how, you know, they were passed down. And a lot of the legends that we still have today were passed down. They're that old. And so a lot of them, um, I think, were... To teach lessons and some were for entertainment. Um, but a lot of them made sense, you know, like how the possum lost his tail or mm-hmm. spear finger, uh, all those things. But I mean, I think they're very important to our culture because it's part of our oral history. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really hear them being referred to as myths. I just know, that, know them as legends. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all indigenous legends, uh-huh. you know, that we're going to cover through this podcast. So. I just want to make sure because in doing my research, I've learned that it just varies. But a lot, most of the people I talk to agree that like they don't like the term myths because of what it implies, which makes sense. Maybe it's something new because I've never heard. I've never heard them called anything other than legends. Oh, I've never heard of a Cherokee myth and legend. I've heard of the Cherokee legend. When I was going through a list of ideas I want to cover for our first episode, I was catching up on reservation dogs. I haven't caught up on the last episode, but... If you haven't watched it out there, it's on Hulu and it's in its third and final season. And it's basically indigenous stories, indigenous representations from actors, directors, writers, and crew. And um, I love it. I love it because it's a show that they don't take the time to constantly remind people that they're indigenous. He just lets them be. The characters are indigenous. It's who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. The characters are very relatable. Uh, They do have like funny episodes and they have some episodes that are really truly tug at your heart i guess because mm-hmm. i did the one about the boarding school recently mm-hmm. which is a very traumatic time in a lot of native american culture's history yeah you know boarding school was a huge part of our history they touch on a lot of important things too i think yeah and i guess it's just the way of storytelling and the way they've done it and I'm really sad because it's only three seasons and I'm like, why are you, why are you, cut, why are you stopping it at three seasons? And I haven't really read into like the why, but I'm hoping there's some spinoffs coming because I think it's a show we really need and we need it like 
to continue for us. But I'm glad you brought up the boarding school episode because that kind of goes into what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to be talking about dear woman or dear lady. And if you're caught up on res dogs, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, kind of in short, they used an episode on reservation dogs. They used dear lady to explain some of the history of residential boarding schools, which I thought was a really powerful way that they did it. So doing that, I started to get more curious about dear lady because I didn't really know much about her. Uh, were you familiar at all with Dear Lady? No, I just, I've heard of Dear Lady, but I don't know the story, no. Yeah. Because it's not Cherokee. It's not a Cherokee legend. I think it's more like Oklahoma Cherokee than uh, it would be for like EBCI. Oh, I didn't know that. Dear Woman or Dear Lady um, is commonly known within indigenous communities. Um, and from what I've read, Dear Lady has been documented with L- the Lakota, the Ojibwe, Omaha, Cherokee, Muscogee, Seminole, Choctaw, Pawnee, Osage, and other tribes. So it's been like, to me, it reads like mostly like Western-ish tribes or like Southwestern. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know where the Pawnee are located. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> We're still learning too. There's a lot of tribes out there. People don't realize it, but there's over like 500 federally recognized tribes. So you know, we're we're not experts in all of them. We're still learning our own. So, (laughs) but yeah, so reading that, I just was kind of like, she's all over the place. Oh yeah. But that's what I was saying. I think it's more Oklahoma Cherokee than EBCI. So is she like half deer, half woman? Well, it varies. So she's been referred to in the research as like a siren. Are you familiar what sirens are? No. How do I explain this? Like women who are out to sea, they would hear like a beautiful woman singing and they'd have to be like, they'd have to go find her. And then basically she like lured them to their deaths Oh, because they were just like so entranced by this beautiful singing that they heard. Huh. So some have, have defined her as like a siren. Others say she's a cryptid, which I had to Google that because I was like, what the hell is a cryptid? And a cryptid is something that has been claimed to exist, but never proven to exist mm. like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, okay. Do people have people seen her? Well, that's what it says. She's not been like front page of the New York Times. Like this is Dear Lady. Yeah. There's no like she's just a legend. legend. Yeah, she's just a legend. And then I read she's a shapeshifter too, but I don't think that's accurate either. So, or maybe maybe kind of a shape. I don't know. I'll explain it more. Um, some stories portray her as a more dangerous um, being who seduces men, um, but it's. It's adulterous, promiscuous men, or just really, really bad men. And she will lead them to their deaths or leave them to pine away from love sickness. So it's basically to men who have harmed women and children. She is vengeful and murderous. Oh, she's like an evangelist. What they're called? Not evangelist. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) What is that word? Like Robin Hood? <laughs> evangelist. <laughs> An evangelist. No. no, 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 no. A vigilante. A vigilante. <laughs> yes. A vigilante. Yeah. Evangelist. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh. laughs> uh, where was I? Okay. <laughs> and so, does she only do this to men? Or is it women too? From everything I've read, it just says men, hmm. men who have harmed women and children. She will basically lure them away and lead them to their deaths, which makes sense if you compare it to the Res Dogs episode. Yeah, because she went to spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. She went to 
the guy who was like the probably the dean of the school or the the, the priest school yeah the priest of the school because there was flashbacks in the episode yeah because he would beat those little Indian kids and it, it kind of flashed back to that and that's why when she ran away so basically in Reservation Dog she became I guess quote unquote murderous and vengeful because of her experience in residential boarding schools mm-hmm. is the takeaway right. So when I looked up the actual story of Dear Lady, um, it's actually really, really sad. Multiple sources I read said that Dear Lady was once a mortal woman who was the victim of a violent rape. Her body was found in the woods next to a sleeping fawn who laid down beside her so that she wouldn't die alone. So she was reborn, say she was reborn as half human, half deer. She lured her rapist out to the woods and they noticed too late that she had hooves instead of feet and she trampled them to death. Oh, wow. And it's weird because in doing this, unintentionally um, did this story. Because if you think about it, Dear Lady was an MMIW. Oh, yeah. Isn't that wild to think yeah. of? Yeah. Because that's exactly what an MMIW is. Yeah. So it's a very, very powerful story considering that she came back, but she's using what ability she has to revenge on bad people. And she's only targeting bad people because it said that to women and children and men who are respectful of women and children, um, she's commonly associated with fertility and love. Oh, wow. Well, and, and I think, you know, in our culture, especially with legends, a lot of them have a lesson to them. Mm-hmm. And so maybe part of this story or her legend is that you be respectful to women and you respect them and, and children as well. Because you have to hold them in high regard, especially in our society, because we're a matrilineal society. Mm-hmm. And so women are held in high regard. And we hold our children in high regards because they're our future. They're the future of the Cherokee people. Mm-hmm. And so her story being one that's teaching people or teaching children, be respectful. Respect women, respect children. And you'll be blessed with fertility (laughs) (laughs) and love and love it's wild though because i was like i did this unintentionally not really understanding like how dear lady became dear lady yeah and it just was like gosh she's an mmiw wouldn't even know it yeah i've never heard of the legend dear lady yeah i just heard of her but never yeah and the version i saw was i've heard of her but then the only version i saw that kind of depicted her creation was in res dogs yeah. But even in that, it's still kind of a one interpretation of yeah. how she came to be. Either way, either way, it's pretty powerful considering what she had gone through to be who she is. That's why I was confused on like the ship shifting capabilities because some stories have her as like half deer, half human. Mm-hmm. And then others say um, she's only recognizable by her feet, like the hooves. Yeah. And then some say that she has the, uh, what are they called? Antlers. Antlers. Yeah, but that kind of falls in line too with the Red Dogs episode because uh, Bear only recognized her yeah. when he saw her feet. When he dropped the fork or something on the floor uh-huh. at the restaurant and he picked it up and he was like, oh, dear lady. And then like whenever he would go back, uh-huh. they were like, Bear, where have you been? He was like, I told you, dear lady brought me home. And his mom was like, don't talk about that. They're going to think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's a, you're not supposed to talk about it if you see her or I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I haven't read anything that says that. But did you know, this is a side note, that they sell like shoes that that are like hooves? Yeah, I have seen those. Yeah. I'm like, that's wild. <laughs> Someone in our community just needs to put on a pair of those and like 
Oh my god. Fair week's coming up. <laughs> Walk around Fair Week. But then I don't know how many people know the story. God, I didn't know the story. Mm. I'd be like, why is she wearing that? <laughs> Those are weird shoes. Those shoes are wild. I read two stories that did say that described sightings of her. The first one said it was a security guard was patrolling the powwow grounds. I'm not sure where. Uh, in the dead of winter, and he noticed a female wrapped in a blanket walking in the dark and snow near the tree line by some IHS buildings. And when he pulled up in his vehicle, so his lights were shining on her, she had her back to him. And so when he got out and started to walk in the snow, he said he was about to holler something at her when he stopped and realized that the woman's footprints were hoof prints. Ooh. Yeah. And he said that he was familiar with the Dear Woman legends and basically just got in his car and got the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else do you do? Yeah, right. And that he sped off feeling lucky that he had seen the prince in the snow before he went any further. Which, is he feeling lucky because he was a bad person? Like, why was she there luring him? Yeah. That's the question. The second story I read was that it took place in the 60s or 70s at, at Haskell. And it was during a football game. See, I don't know how true this one is because it said many of the attendees noticed that somebody in the crowd was not like them quote i'm doing the quotation fingers here and that she had a blanket over most of her body and that she ended up running to the top of the stadium and she dropped from the top of the cement seats around 80 feet to the ground and then ran off into the night but i feel like if that was actually happened there would be more i don't know that's more eyes so like yeah huh i don't know how true that one is could have happened it was in the 60s we wouldn't hear about it today and they didn't have internet back then. I got a question mark on this one. The other one with the security guard. It could have happened, though. It was yeah. in the 60s. Well, what were they going to do? Write a telegram? <laughs> I mean, or... They could post now. I don't know. If anybody's listening and you were there... Or know somebody that was there. Or know somebody that was there, you know, hit us up. We want to know more. Because it could have happened. It just happened That's a long true. time ago. Like, That's true. I just feel like more eyes. Right, but again, it was 60 years ago. I still question it, but we'll see. Maybe somebody out there knows. Or if you're an alumnus of Haskell, let us know. Because it sounds like it was all out on that. But I'd be questioning that security guard. Because I want to know, why was she luring you? Really, she made herself seen to this person. Mm -hmm. So the question is, why? Because doesn't it sound like she makes herself known to people that she's trying Unless to lure? Unless she was there to lure someone else and he just happened to stumble across her. Because I feel like if she was there to get him, she'd have got him. But... What I did read is that people will recognize her hooves, and that's when they are like, if you don't see the hooves, then you wouldn't know any better, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm overthinking this. I think you're overthinking it. Okay. I felt it. I felt it. Anywho, so dear lady, like I said, there's no really ending here because she is obviously a story and a legend there. Like you said, teach us a lesson. Mm -hmm. And that's basically, I'm, I'm guessing it's a lesson to men. Do right by it. Just respect women, respect children. Be a good person. Our dear lady will come after you. <laughs> and you do not want that. And you're going to think that sh- this beautiful woman is attracted to you. And mm-hmm. you're attracted to her. And you want to know it. You ain't going to know it till it's too late. Mm-hmm. You're going to see them hooves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of our very first episode here of Skeely Queens. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you'll be back. We'll be back soon with another indigenous legend. And um, do good out there. Don't be evangelists. (laughs) (laughs) 
A vigilante. <laughs> a vigilante. <laughs>